Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is the news from the Lord. Hello, America. This is Jeffrey Lord. What a few days we have been through. I'll get to what happened in Washington in a minute. I was there. But first, by now you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. I met Mike Lindell. He fit me for my very own my pillow and I haven't stopped raving about them since. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want and they maintain their shape and they are made in the USA. If you don't have a MyPillow or know someone who doesn't, now is the time, because for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows, yes, the one that started it all, for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow, regularly $69.98, for only $29.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. Folks, now is the time to buy. $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow. Buy now, and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener's Square. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or... Call 800-606-1043 and use promo code JEFF. All right. Let me start first with my own experience in Washington this week. I was an invited guest for the rally that took place on Wednesday, January 6th, in the ellipse behind the White House. In fact, I had a pass that gave me a literal front row seat. I want to be crystal clear here. No one, no one supports violence. And yes, that includes the president. The rally I attended was 100% peaceful. It was, as has been true of Trump rallies I attended during the campaign, part rock concert and part political rally. There were tens of thousands of people behind me, people of all races and all ages, men, women, and children. A gay organization was making its presence known. And again, there was not a single incident of violence at that rally. It was, in fact, the opposite, with people literally dancing in the streets. At no time, and this is important to say, did the president or anyone else at that rally call for violence. Again, at no time did the president or anyone else call for violence. There is nothing wrong with marching to the Capitol or any other symbolic monument to America. Washington, D.C. is probably the number one city where people supporting a cause go to demonstrate for that cause. In my lifetime, there was a march on Washington featuring thousands and led by Dr. Martin Luther King. The cause was civil rights, and it led to Dr. King's famous I Have a Dream speech at the Lincoln Memorial. There was no violence. But all too frequently, there has been violence, and we need to understand everything in context, not excuse it, but put it in context. In 1932, 40,000 veterans of World War I 
demanding their bonus payment, descended on Washington. They camped all over Washington. Around 50 of the protesters occupied various buildings on Pennsylvania Avenue that were government property. The Attorney General of the day, this was the administration of Republican Herbert Hoover, ordered them removed, and the police moved to do so. A riot broke out. Two protesters were killed, and the Army was finally sent in to finish the job. The veterans' main encampment was on what was known in the day as the Anacostia Flats, and thousands of veterans, with their families, were camped there. General Douglas MacArthur led an army assault on the camp to drive them out, assisted by two rising military stars, Major Dwight D. Eisenhower and Tank Commander Major George S. Patton. Tanks, fixed bayonets, and tear gas were used on the veterans, with the wounded overflowing in Washington hospitals. When I was in high school and college, there were marches on Washington to protest the Vietnam War. In one case, there was a shameful attack on the Pentagon by anti-war protesters. A total of 682 people were arrested. 47 people, demonstrators, soldiers, and U.S. Marshals were injured. U.S. Marshals' website records that, quote, some of the demonstrators were determined to disrupt military operations by storming the Pentagon. The most serious incident occurred when 20 to 30 demonstrators pushed through the line of U.S. Marshals and military police into the Pentagon's mall entrance. They were greeted by heavily armed troops. The soldiers forced some demonstrators outside, others were carried out bodily, unquote. In May of 1970, when I was in college, within minutes of President Richard Nixon's addressing the nation and reporting he was sending American troops into Cambodia, students, college students were launching what became a national student strike. On May 4th, four protesting kids at Kent State University in Ohio were gunned down by the National Guard. Then the lid really blew off. There was a massive march on Washington as 500 colleges across the nation, including my own Franklin Marshall College in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, closed down. President Nixon was evacuated to Camp David for his own protection. The White House was surrounded by buses. Ray Price, Nixon's chief speechwriter, recalled the Washington demonstrations in saying, quote, The city, Washington, D.C., was an armed camp. The mobs were smashing windows, slashing tires, dragging parked cars into intersections, even throwing bed springs off overpasses into the traffic down below. This was a quote, he says, student protest. That's not student protest, he said. That's civil war, unquote. And many at the time thought America was on the verge of an insurrection. In October of 2002, there were 250,000 anti-Iraq war protesters in Washington, creating chaos. The target of their wrath, President George W. Bush and particularly Vice President Dick Cheney. From October of 2011 through June of 2012, Occupy D.C., an offshoot of the violent Occupy Wall Street protests, camped out in the parks and streets of Washington. In January of 2012, they started an Occupy Congress protest, saying as they moved on Capitol Hill, they were all about, quote, confrontation, taking over, and repossession, including democratic processes, unquote. Dozens were arrested. And let us not forget that only two years ago, in 2018, protesters occupied the Senate's hard office building to protest the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court. There has been more of this in American history. Uh, my point in telling all this is hardly to excuse violence. There is never an excuse for violence. Never. But there is a curious phenomenon out there. When the protesters were targeting Republicans Hoover, Nixon, and Bush, the media was mysteriously sympathetic to their cause. 
When they targeted Wall Street, the press was sympathetic. When they occupied the Hart Senate office building, they were treated to welcoming speeches by Senators Elizabeth Warren and Kirsten Gillibrand. This time, there were tens of thousands of protesters supporting President Trump. Just as with all the previous protests, there were a relative handful of people who got out of hand. They stormed into the Capitol, which was wrong. A couple windows were smashed. Doors were damaged. Uh, other property was damaged. They're, they strung-armed their way into the Senate chamber and Speaker's, Pol- Speaker Pelosi's office. This was wrong. Absolutely 100% wrong. But the fact that the media is attempting to pin the violence on President Trump, who never once urged anyone to commit violence in the speech I heard in person, is telling. Some 75 million people voted for Donald Trump. Some 80% of Republicans and 40% of all Americans think the 2020 election was stolen. The thousands who peacefully protested in Washington, D.C., and say again they peacefully protest, had every right to be there to demand Congress not certify a stolen election. They had as much right as marchers in Washington for veterans' bonuses, civil rights, Vietnam and Iraq war protests, Occupy Wall Street, and anti-Brett Kavanaugh protests. This is still a free country. Now, it is clear Joe Biden will be sworn in on January 20th. But make no mistake, the Trump movement will go on. One can be absolutely certain that the people I saw at this Trump rally will peacefully return to their communities and continue working to support the issues they and President Trump believe are important to the nation. They are not going away, and neither am I. So let me close by adopting some words from, of all people, the late Senator Ted Kennedy, because I believe they apply directly to those of us who stood up for President Trump. And the quote is, The work goes on, the cause endures, the hope still lives, and the dream shall never die. Unquote. This is Jeff Lord thanking you for taking the time to listen to this podcast and check in on my website, The Jeffrey Lord. Thanks. See you soon. 